Bible Interact is a group of Bible scholars and biblical archaeologists who promote the Hebraic nature of Scripture and view the two Testaments as one unified message. They explain how they use a first-century approach to searching the Scriptures, and they share their methods and discoveries for discussion and dialogue. They invite your comments and participation on BibleInteract.tv, where you can also find more teachings, self-study quizzes, webinars, and interviews. Shalom. I am Dr. Ann Davis with Bible Interact, and today I would like to talk about the Kingdom of God. It is also known as the Kingdom of Heaven. Those two terms mean the same thing. Because the Hebrew Scriptures do not use that term, although they give us the concept of God as King in Heaven. But then you get to the New Testament Gospels, and that the term kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven is used over and over and over again. And this makes it puzzling and strange, and you probably haven't noticed that before. But when there's anything puzzling or strange, you have to go in and take a look. And the sages um, suggest, and I, I have come to agree with them, that anything strange or puzzling in the biblical text is going to draw you into deeper meaning. And as we go through this, we're going to be drawn into a deeper meaning of what the kingdom of God is. In fact, I'll tell you my conclusion, and then we'll work through it, and I'll show you how I came to that conclusion. My conclusion is that the kingdom of God is future, yes, but it is also present. You can bring the kingdom of God into your life now if you choose and if you do certain things. So we're going to go into Scripture, and, and we're going to learn how to, you know, what is the kingdom of God, when is it going to happen, but most important is how do we bring it into our lives today. So let me start with the concept of the kingdom in Scripture. I mean, in the Hebrew Scriptures. It, it, the Hebrew Scriptures don't use the term kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, but they certainly give a, a concept of God as king. I'm in Psalm 45, verse 6, and we read, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of uprightness is the scepter of thy kingdom. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. So the, there's a term kingdom, and God, there is a kingdom. A kingdom has to have a king. Uh, the king is God, and he's sitting on a throne, and his kingdom is forever and ever. A, a king holds a scepter, which is a, a symbol of power, and God's scepter, symbol of power, is uprightness, which is righteousness. So his kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness, and we get this in the Hebrew Scriptures. We know this. So that the, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is in the Hebrew Scriptures. It, it's entirely, in from what I have been able to determine from the Hebrew Scriptures, a kingdom that is where God is the king, and it is in the heaven, and our our hope is that we will be with God someday in that kingdom with God as the king. Now, we get into the New Testament, and all of a sudden there's something dramatically different. Now, that doesn't negate the Hebrew Scriptures. It simply takes into account that God has sent his son, the Messiah. And now, how is the Messiah going to, to interact with this kingdom? And furthermore, how are we... Uh, who belong to, to Yeshua, how are we going to interact with the kingdom? Now, let me just point out 
how many times this term kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is used in the New, in the New Testament. Kingdom of heaven only appears in Matthew. It appears 32 times in the Gospel of Matthew. Actually, kingdom of God appears four times, so it's a total of 36 times that these, this this concept is used. Now, um, we think, and I, I tend to agree, that Matthew um, was a, an observant Jew, and even today observant Jews do not speak the name of God. So they substitute something else, Hashem, for example, um, in, instead of, of the name of God. And um, and I think Matthew was doing the same thing. So instead of saying kingdom of God, he was replacing the word God with kingdom of heaven. But in any cases, the, the terms kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God appear 36 times in Matthew. They appear 14 times in Mark, 32 times in Luke, two times in the Gospel of John, six times in the book of Acts, eight times in the Pauline epistles, and one time in the book of Revelation. That is dramatic. The, the term kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, uh, does not appear in the Hebrew scriptures, but the concept of the kingdom does appear. But here in the New Testament, we get the term used over and over and over again. Now, how do we understand the concept of the kingdom of God as Yeshua is going to instruct us? I'm going to take you to the words of John the Baptist, who declares, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, I'm reading from Matthew, so it's the kingdom of heaven, not the kingdom of God. And, and then, Yeshua picks up exactly the same phrase, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We read that in Matthew. So both John the Baptist and Yeshua are saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, repent means to get rid of sin, to, to turn away from the ways of sin, get rid of sin, walk in the ways of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, we have often, and, and I think we can say, yes, it's at hand, because Yeshua is the Messiah, the God who, whom God has sent. But, Scripture can can have um, um, a breadth of meaning. It, it doesn't mean you know it, it. It's it's the depth of meaning. So yes, it means that Yeshua is is at hand. It, it is here, but I think it's more than that. And you get that. You can get it in. It's in the Greek. All right, because the New Testament is written in Greek. And at hand, what does it mean the kingdom of heaven is at hand? You should be curious. Let yourself be curious, George. Look, up, look it up. Look it up in a concordance. What is it? The Greek means it is approaching. It is drawing near. Does draw near kick off your mind in any way? It should, because the Hebrew Scriptures is all about drawing near to God. And, and and who draws near to God? Well, you know, Moses drew near to God on Mount Sinai when God spoke to him. The priests have to, you know, cleanse themselves before they can draw near to the Lord. So, so we read, the priests who draw near to the Lord must consecrate themselves. In, in the Hebrew scriptures, the people did not draw near to God. Get a picture of the tabernacle. And, and God's presence was d dwelling in the Holy of Holies. And the priests had to consecrate, to cleanse themselves, to consecrate themselves in order to go into the first part of the, of, 
of the tabernacle. Now it became the, the temple. Maybe you're more familiar with the temple. And um, so the, the priest, a priest would go in once a day into the first part of the temple um, to, to, to replenish the oil for the, for the menorah and clean out the ashes um, from the incense burner and uh, once a week would replace the bread um, and but that was in the first part the holy of holies only the high priest would go in and then once a year so it, we read the priests who draw near to the lord must consecrate themselves and we have that term of draw near now in isaiah we hear the people draw near with their words but their hearts are far from me and in a sense this verse in isaiah is pointing to the New Testament because in the New Testament those with faith in Yeshua can draw near to God because their hearts have been um, the, the law has been written on their hearts by the Holy Spirit and so so they have the Holy Spirit in them and they have an ability to draw near to God in a greater way so let's go back now and look at this term repent for the kingdom of he heaven is at hand at hand means it is drawing near. Now, there is something really dramatic. Let, let, me, let me read it again and, and think to yourself, what is so dramatic about this statement? Repent for the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is drawing near. What is so startling is that we are not drawing near to God. God is drawing near to us. It's the exact flip-flop opposite of drawing near to God. God is drawing near to us. Let me read it again. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is drawing near. God in his kingdom is drawing near to us through his son, Yeshua. That's what it's saying here. And uh, now I want to go into the New Testament here, and, and, and let me show you some things. It really is powerful. Because we get, look, in Hebrews, I love this verse. I, this one I have to, I've memorized. I've got it in my heart here. Hebrew chapter, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. So here, we are drawing near to the throne. Now, in Hebrews, who is sitting on the throne at this time? It's Yeshua who is sitting on the throne. He's the, um, well, I suppose you could you could even say that it, it is the Father who's sitting on the throne because Hebrews is is really, um, it, it's filled with this concept as Yeshua being the high priest and in, of the order of Melchizedek. So Yeshua can actually go into the presence of the Father. Yeshua is the Son. He can go into the presence of the Father who is in the Holy of Holies. So I think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, it is that it's the Father who is sitting on the throne of grace. And because in the book of Hebrews, our high priest is Yeshua, and he can take us into the presence of the Father who is sitting on the throne of grace because he is the high priest, and the high priest is the one who can go into the presence of the Father. We can't do it without without Yeshua. So let me draw let me read it again because we're the ones drawing near. Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. 
And what has happened? I keep going back. Repent, for the kingdom of God is drawing near. And it is drawing near, and it has drawn near because of the the gift of the Holy Spirit in us, so that now, with confidence, we can draw near to God. All right? Now, I, I want to do more about the, the kingdom of, of God and how we can bring it into our lives now. We can draw near to the kingdom of God, and and we can bring it into our lives now. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to go back into into Matthew, and we hear Yeshua saying to the disciples, "To you, it has been granted. To you, disciples. Now, remember, disciples are there's there. I think there's there. You listening to this radio program? Why else would you be listening to this radio program? You want to go deeper in Scripture? A disciple is a follower. That's all it is." A disciple is one who has made Yeshua Lord in their lives. And, and, and they follow Yeshua because they're committed to Yeshua. They're committed to submitting to him, to obeying him, to being humble, and, and to, to be the servant of Yeshua, to work for Yeshua. If that is you, you are a disciple. And listen carefully to these words of Yeshua. To you, disciples... It has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. Now, he's pointing out to the crowd that has come to hear him speak. So all Christians, all who believe in Yeshua, all who belong to God, whether Jew or Gentile, all who belong to God are not going to be able to uncover the mysteries. And it's the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven it's not the mysteries of the word of god it's the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven and um but those who have made themselves disciples followers servants of the lord yeshua are going to be able to uncover the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven now where are the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven they're in the word of god but they are specifically mysteries of the kingdom of heaven so we what i want to show you now is that if you are a disciple, Yeshua is going to give you instruction in the Gospels of how to walk in the kingdom now, how to bring the kingdom of God in your life now. And if you read through the parables, and my book on the parables, which is called Uncovering Mysteries in the Parables, um, um, and let's see, uncovering mysteries. I can't remember how, exactly the words, but um, it, it's um, uh, it's uh, Hagaric Midrash. Um, it is uh, my my suggestion is that every single parable is Hagaric Midrash. So every single parable is commenting on something in the Hebrew Scriptures. But I further go on to to suggest in the book, and of course we're working through the parables, one parable after another, and I'm showing you this, that all the parables are in fact instructing the disciples how to walk in the kingdom of God in their lives now so that they will qualify for the remnant when uh, God is, is in the future will select who is worthy to be part of the remnant. That is not who will be saved and who will not be saved. That's just who will be part of the remnant to take a role and the, the remnant will be the ones that de- defeat the, the enemy, Satan, and his army. And the remnant will be an army of God that will defeat Satan. 
So let me just take you now to, I'm not going to go into the whole book. You have to get the book to read it. Um, um, by the way, it's on Amazon. It's um, Uncovering Mysteries in the Parables is, is the title of the book. All right, now let me take you to Luke. And in Luke 9, I think it's 27. In the context, Yeshua has drawn his his three um, his disciples. He's, he's got all of his disciples with him, and he says to his disciples, "Who do you say that I am?" And Peter speaks up, and he says, "You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God." Following that, Yeshua instructs his disciples, and in the last words of instruction, he says, "There are some of those standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God." All right, those of you who think that the kingdom of God is only future and cannot be brought into your lives now will say, well, you know, some of you disciples are going to have to wait an off. You're going to have to live an awful long time before the kingdom of God comes if it's just future. He's talking about now. Now, your disciples, you're the followers of me, he says to the twelve. Your disciples, you're followers of me. But not all of you will see the kingdom of God. Not all of you will be able to uncover the mysteries and walk in righteousness in order to bring the kingdom of God into your life today. And, of course, one of the disciples, of course, was going to turn away from Yeshua. But, but the point that I'm making here is that these disciples are able to see the kingdom of God. They're going to see the kingdom of God before they die. And they're going to see the kingdom of God by uncovering the mysteries in Scripture. And it's not enough to put those mysteries into your head. God's not going to show you the mysteries if it's going to lodge in your head. He's not even going to let you see them. He's only going to let you see them if you're going to put them in your life and you're going to walk in them. And every single parable is is instruction to disciples and and, and encouraging them to walk in righteousness, to bring the kingdom of heaven in, or the kingdom of God into their lives today, so that they will be they will qualify to be part of the remnant. And you can see the work of the remnant in the parables. We we do that in the book also. So now we want to go and we want to look here at you know how to, how do we bring the kingdom of God into our lives today? Well, we're we're going to go in and I'm going to show you some um, short parables here. All right. Oh, there's one more thing I want to read uh, from Luke to convince you that you can bring the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God into your lives today. I'm in Luke chapter 9, verse 2. Yeshua sent out disciples to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And that's what's important because... you know, you proclaim the kingdom of God, but by doing miracles, you, people see that you, they see the kingdom of God. <laughs> they see the kingdom of God in your life today when you're doing miracles. It's not just enough to speak. You have to be walking in it. You have to be walking in righteousness. And it, it's not just doing miracles. I mean, you know, I see people who are are, are disciples, they've and and they're drawing near to God. Their relationship with God is a very close relationship. And you can actually see, not with your eyes, but spiritually you can see light shining out of them. There's something very special about that person. And you have people in your life that, that you you can see. You can see them and you want to be like them. And uh, so it's not just miracles. It's, it's, it's walking in righteousness. 
and all that that means and other people see it and they catch it so Yeshua sent out his disciples to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick and to, and to walk in righteousness so people could see them walking in righteousness they could see that they they had brought the kingdom of, of God into their lives today okay now what we're gonna do is is we're gonna go into Yeshua's instruction alright he's going to instruct us uh, through the parables this is how you bring the kingdom of God in your life now this is how you walk in righteousness now he's going to do it with this Haggadic Midrash which um, is a, a commentary on something in the Hebrew scriptures so you you have to be intimately knowledgeable about the Hebrew scriptures to to really appreciate the parables it's it's just the way it is you have that's the way it is and then you also have to be curious let your curiosity draw you to key words you have to look up key words and you have to ask yourself questions you have to see the artistic nature of the language <clears throat> okay let's start in Matthew chapter 13 verse 44 the kingdom of heaven is like alright and whenever you read that it says okay I'm going to show you what it's like so you can bring it into your life today. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Well, um, in the parables, in my book on the parables, Uncovering Mysteries in the Parables, um, I take you into the story of, of Joseph and how he hid uh, the treasure in Benjamin's sack when they were going back to Israel. I won't do that now. We'll just go into the meaning of it because what's the joy? The joy, what's the treasure you found? You have found the, a, such a close relationship to God. This is the treasure. The kingdom of God is where God is. And if you draw near to God, you're drawing near to Him in a close relationship. And that's the treasure. And if you find that, you know, just get rid of all the worldly things in your life. Selling all you have is to get rid of all the worldly things. And so that you can just focus your entire life on God and drawing near to Him. And that's the joy. All right? Now let's take another one here. I've got another one. Um, we have in Matthew chapter 13 verse 33 the kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three pecks of meal until it was all leavened end of parable what does it mean well first of all it kicks off something in the Hebrew scriptures that's what makes it Haggadic Midrash so we have to go back to and in fact if you have a good Bible I use the New American Standard reference edition and in the middle margin it'll it'll tell you the allusion to Genesis 18 6 and in Genesis 18 6 uh, there are three angels that have come to Abraham and Sarah is hiding herself um, and and she she hears the angel say that you are, are going to have a son and the son is going to be from Sarah and she's so excited she laughs that's the account and when but before they make this statement when they when the angels first appear um, Abraham recognizes them as as messengers from God and he goes to Sarah and he says in Genesis 18:6 quickly Sarah prepare three measures of fine flour, knead it, and make bread cakes. Now, what he's saying is, these are messengers from God. This is God. We must prepare something special for him. 
Um, now, what Yeshua is doing in the parable, again, is he's, he's shifting it around. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven, this is Yeshua speaking, which a woman took. Now, what she's taking is this, this gift to give to God and hid in three pecks of meal until it was all leaven. So, what's the gift? You are the gift. You are the gift that you are giving to God. And what is the gift? The gift is is you your heart desires to be righteous desires to walk in the ways of god desires to draw near to god this is what makes you the gift and and you prepare the gift that's what sarah did she prepared the gift which was the three measures of fine flour needed and make bread cakes the bread cakes were the gift you're now the gift and and you want it all leavened you want it perfect you want it to, to be so filled with with your your relationship with God and your ability to draw into his presence and and that's that's what it means so the kingdom of heaven yes it's future yes God has brought the kingdom of heaven to us in his son but the kingdom of heaven can also be in your life now if you make Yeshua Lord in your life you submit to him you obey him and he will help you draw near to God with confidence to the throne of grace with confidence um, and I think that the whole concept of the kingdom of heaven be, being drawn into your life now is what the deeper meaning is and with that I hope you've been blessed and I wish you shalom